0: Hallelujah! You know what? Hallelujah! You know the woman that came with the with, and gave all that she had. Financially, it wasn't anything compared to the rich people that were given or the people that had wealth that were giving, but when Jesus sat there in at, at the treasury and he watched her bring that, they said, "Look, this woman has given everything she's got. It's all about that." I want to I want to talk with you tonight about the election said all right if we talk a little bit about that i want us to begin to start shifting into a gear where now is not the time to back off praying now is the time to press in god has done some tremendous things and i want us to begin to look at some things that is that he's done this is the first time in the history Of the United States that we have a black president now if it was a female there'll be a time I believe I don't know when but there will be a female that will become president of the United States God is bigger than our minds he's bigger than our thoughts not too long ago I heard that we use 4% of our brain Einstein used 6% of his. So there's, on my brain, <laughs> there's 90, 96% that I just don't even know. I can't even figure out. Come on, somebody. And Einstein was one of the smartest men in the world, used 6% of his brain. There was 94% of his brain that he couldn't even figure out. Now, I want you to know that things have shifted. And, and I'm going to go through some information for you tonight, and I want you to see that what the people partition God for, they will get, good, or bad. If the people come together in a majority and say this is what I this is what we want, God will give it to us. Did you know that? So I want us I want if you've got your Bibles, well, where do I start? Is it okay if I just 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 sit a minute and just listen? In first Samuel chapter eight don't turn there because as soon as you get there, I'm not gonna be there. But there is biblical precedence. Of a majority of people wanting a king and God giving them exactly what they want. In First Samuel chapter eight, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase this for you. If you get a chance, I really like for you to be able to, to read it. Go home and read it. First Samuel chapter eight. Okay. Um Samuel had really been, he was the prophet, he'd been anointed as a prophet, he was given to Eli the priest when Samuel was a baby. Remember, he was growing up in the temple, and the Lord would speak to him, and and he'd get up and he'd run over to Eli, and he'd go, yes, Eli, and Eli was like, it wasn't me. You know, I, I didn't call you. And that happened three times, and there was a time where Eli said, it's the Lord speaking, just say, you know, here I am, Lord, or speak to me, or here I am, Lord. Or yes, Lord, your servant is listening, I think is what the word says. So that is the Samuel. That same Samuel has grown up. He's prophesied. He's led the nation of Israel. Samuel is dying. He's not going to be around long. Samuel has trained his sons to operate the nation of Israel, to be judges, to go out in different districts and be judges of Israel. Well, Samuel's boys were not as good as Samuel. They were not as godly men as Samuel was. And the nation of Israel began to cry out that they wanted a king. They didn't want Samuel's boys. They wanted a king. Listen just a moment. God and Samuel are having this conversation. God tells Samuel if they get a king, if they want a king, here's what's going to happen to them. You can read this for yourself. This is what's going to happen to the sons of Israel. He said the sons of Israel, they will be used for this king's own gain. The sons of Israel will be put into his own army. They will work in his fields. They will harvest his crops. They will make weapons of war for him. They'll work on his chariots. The sons, the daughters of Israel, if they want this king, the daughters of Israel will be perfumers. They will be cooks. They will be bakers. This king will take their land, take their crops, their vineyards, olive groves, and give them to his servants and to his officers. God is telling this to Samuel. He says the best young men will be taken and used for the king, not in a sexual way but used in their minds, their physical bodies. They'll take the best, and they'll use them for the king. The donkeys will be used for the king in his work. So Israel has all these different things, but yet, yet God is telling Samuel all these things are going to be used for this king. Is that the king that they want? He says he's going to take a tenth of their flocks and use them as them as in the nation of Israel as his servants. Now, first Samuel chapter eight nineteen says, Nevertheless, the people refused to listen to the sound of Samuel, and they said no, but there shall be a king over us. In other words, Samuel went back to them and he said, Look, here's what's gonna happen. Do you still want this or or do you still you want probably want me still to be your king? I, I'm going to be over Israel. You don't want a, a a king over Israel. You don't want these things to happen to you. I'm going to be I, we need to leave it just like it is and they said, "No, we want a king." They didn't want God to be their king. They wanted a man to be their king. Come on somebody. So the majority says no. We want a king. We want a king that will go out to battle for us. We want a king that will take and go to nations, and they'll battle for us. And God has already said, hey, he's not battling for you. You're going to be on the front line. Come on, somebody. So we begin to look at this election, and there are some things that have shifted. There are some things that have changed. But Kim Clements prophesied that the, that, the, that the president that was going to be in office, I believe it was the second year in his term, would have a visitation from God. Now, I don't know totally what President-elect Obama believes. I didn't know what totally President-elect, well, I guess it was President-candidate John McCain believed. Everything, because you don't, you just see stuff on the surface. You don't really know what's in the heart. But he's crossed generations. He's crossed every economic and socioeconomic plane that there is. He's broadened the scope of things. Now, I I don't stand for, and this is one of the things that you're going to see that happened, So when you look at some things, things may have turned in a certain direction, but you know what? The Bible didn't change. And he still tells us to pray for those that are in authority over us. Listen, whether you like them, agree with them or not. It's easy to pray for a president that you like. The true test of the church is praying for a president they don't like. Now, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about all the presidents of the past, but I liked Jimmy Carter. Didn't know a whole lot about praying back then, but our economy sure got in a mess with him. I liked Ronald Reagan. I learned a little bit more about praying for him. You know, I'm thinking, how can this actor become a president? (laughs) I'm like, okay. You know, you know, you you think about kids, and they're growing up, and they're watching an old movie, and Ronald Reagan's in it, and they're going, hey, he's an actor. I'm like, no, he was a president. (laughs) Or that was a president. They're like, no, no, he was an actor. So, you know, whether you liked him or disliked him really isn't the issue. God says that we're to pray for kings. And those that are in authority over us, amen? So God said it, and that settles it, so whether you like it or not really isn't the issue. But I wanted to share something with you, because many of us, many of us, and I want to thank all of the people that have prayed, that went to polling sites and prayed. Where is our authority, really? It's in Oklahoma, isn't it? Where is our authority really in Woodward or this region or Fort Supply or Laverne or Buffalo or Sharon or Mutual or Moreland or you're, you getting, you getting what I'm after. It's in this state and it's in this region. Pastor has authority in Colorado. You may be from another, another place and that. That's where you will have authority. That's where you, the kingdom of God operates in. Are you with me? So as we look at and we understand what's taken place, there were some things that saddened my heart last night. I'll I, I'm, I'm be honest with you. I struggled with some things. But I also came from a raising or a background that I, that I, I was not biased. I had black friends when I was in high school. The, my best friends in high school were black. We, I look at our, 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 our look at our church, and we have people of all different, all different colors. I mean, you want to see somebody with some different colors? Just look at me real close. I got blue. I got pink. I got white. Come on, somebody. I got red. I got, I mean, I'm, I got uh, multiple kind of colors, freckles, brown. <laughs> I mean, I got a lot of colors going on in my skin. See, some of y'all got some of that nice skin that, you know, you look at and you don't see all them colors. But you can look at my skin and you can see all those colors. But I was never racist didn't understand about racism, didn't know a whole lot about racism, was born in upstate New York. When we moved down south, found out later that my, that I'd have friends come over to my house, and they were they were black friends, and, they, and they'd spend the night with me. We'd play basketball. We just did all sorts of stuff together, and we were just like t- two or three peas in a pod because it was two guys and, and two black guys and a white guy. It wasn't an Oreo cookie, but we just kind of hung around and did all sorts of stuff together. Are you with me? I didn't realize that our neighbors wouldn't talk to my parents because of the kids that would come over to her house. I didn't realize that until later. She wasn't, she wasn't a, a bigot. She wasn't biased. My parents weren't uh, that black, uh, black friend of mine, Benny Sims, and he, he went off to war and, uh, uh, went in the army and I was gone off to college and going and living my life. And he moved back to Winston-Salem and go back over and see my mom and dad. And they help him out financially. I mean, they, I mean, it was just one of those things that he was like a, a brother in our family. Benny could come in at any time, sit down at our table. He could eat, he didn't have to go and stay in a different bathroom or a different room. Come on, somebody. May I don't know a whole lot about that, but there is one thing that I'm thankful for that God is spanning those generations and races and bringing us together like God wants us to be brought together. He created the different colors. God's well aware of who's black and who's white and who's brown and who's yellow and who's red and who's green. (laughs) I got some green looking veins in my hand, you know. He's well aware of that stuff. And you know what? He loves me no matter what. And he loves you no matter what. I didn't know of what the black struggle went through. I mean, I've read about Martin Luther. I've seen and, and read about JFK and, and what's taking place there. We know the, the issues that were taking place at, at that time. We know there was a real difficult time in our life. We understand the, the maybe you don't you understand the struggle. I moved to a city in North Carolina where it was 90% black and 10% white, and Daniel it was the first time that I realized I was a minority. I didn't know what it felt like until then. Come on, somebody. I came to Oklahoma, and all y'all are Indians. (laughs) I mean, most of you got some Native American blood in you, you know? And I'm like, wow, you know? It's a whole different thing. And it wasn't India the country, brother. They're Native Americans, you know, because India's got their own country. Come on. So I've never looked at anybody through their skin. And I was disturbed that an election would come down to that. That disturbed me. So what about the economy? Where are we at now? Where are we going? There's a lot of uncertain times. There was uncertain times before they made that decision last night. But I want us to look at the Word of God. Now, let's get into this thing. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Because this morning... As I was just thinking, meditating, I felt that this was what the Lord wanted me to give to you tonight. Say hope. We we have got to open up the word of God and bring forth hope, bring forth belief, bring forth faith, bring forth courage, bring forth all the things in the Word of God that are positive. You remember Sunday when we taught about having positive attitude and a positive action? Operating in that and living a victorious lifestyle. And remember, victory was what? On the inside. It's not what takes place on the outside of you, but what takes place on the inside of you. Matthew chapter 6. Let's start at verse 25.
1: For this reason, I say to you, do not be anxious for your life as to what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor for your body as to what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing?
0: Stop there just a minute. Jesus is giving the Sermon on the Mount. You look at chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7, and he goes into all of these different things. And just before this, he's dealing with motives. He's dealing with people's motives back in, in chapter 6, the beginning part about being able to give to the poor and about how you pray and why you pray and what's your motive behind prayer. He gives these, these different things, and he's really checking a heart. And obviously, there must have been some questions. There must have been some feedback to say that, you know, he he goes into you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and mammon or God and and wealth, God and Baal. That, That mammon system is from the Baal structure. And he says, you can't serve. It's not about you can't have money. Come on, somebody. He says, you can't serve both. So... It's where your heart is. See, and he talks about further on where your heart is, where your treasure is there, your heart is also. And we've thought at that backwards because it's usually where your heart is, where your money follows. He said, no, where you put your money, your treasure is, your heart follows. Are you with me? So he's dealing with an issue and he's telling them, don't be worried about your life. If I could speak anything into your life tonight... It would be, don't worry. Say that. Don't worry. worry. Worry is not biblical. He says, don't worry. Don't worry, don't don't worry. Hey, don't worry, but you don't understand how things have, I prayed and I fasted and things just didn't go my way. Don't worry, but you don't understand the economies in such a bad situation. Don't worry, you don't understand I got all of my retirement and it's all tied up in all this stuff and it's dropped a whole bunch of points and I've lost a bunch of money. I'm here to tell you, don't worry said, so don't worry about these things for your life. But how am I going to buy clothes? What am I going to do? What am I? Could I go hungry? Everywhere so concerned about going hungry. You're not going to go hungry. Go ahead.
1: Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they?
0: Stop there just a minute. Are you not worth... Do
1: you know how precious you are to
0: God? I don't think we understand that. We don't know how precious we are to God. He says, look, I take care of the birds. If you don't put bird food in your bird feeder, it's okay. God's going to take care of them birds. Are you with me? If you let it run out, it's still okay. God's going to take care of those birds. Are you with me? And he says, how much more precious, valuable, wonderful, fantastic. I could use a lot of synonyms to say how much God thinks about you. And you are awesome. You are wonderful. You are valuable. God loves you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you. Turn to your other neighbor and say, don't worry. God loves you. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just just getting excited tonight.
1: And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single cubit to his life span? And why are you anxious about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all his glory, did not clothe himself like one of these. But if God so arrays the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more do so for you, O men of little faith? Do not be anxious then, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or with what shall we clothe ourselves? For all these things the Gentiles eagerly seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own.
0: (laughs) Come on, man, that ought to make you feel good. I mean, when you look at it, he says what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you as well. we got to seek the kingdom. Oh no, some of y'all are seeking the government. Some of you are seeking the stock market. Some of you might be seeking the insurance man. Some of you might be seeking the other things. But God says, seek ye what? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and anything that you don't have, you don't have to worry about food because God's going to take care of it. You don't have to worry about what you're going to wear because God's going to take care of it. You don't have to worry about what you're going to put on your table because God's going to take care of it. Amen? Amen. Come on, amen? God's going to take care of that. I mean, he's already, he is taking responsibility for that right here. I have never had to be concerned about what clothes I had. Do I like clothes? Yeah, I like clothes. God is saying, I will take responsibility for your food. I will take responsibility for your clothes. He says, man, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough worries of its own. Well, what are we going to do here in four years? Four years? I'm just getting through today, brother. (laughs) What are we going to do about tomorrow? What are we going to do about next week? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he's going to direct your path. Are you going to eat tomorrow? Are you Are going to be able to eat tomorrow? I'm going to eat tomorrow. If I don't eat tomorrow, I had not eaten in a few days. You know what I mean? It's not going to make a big deal if I go a day or two without some food. Come on, somebody. But I'm going to eat tomorrow. God's going to clothe you. He's going to take care of you. Turn over with me, and let's look at Luke chapter 12 real quickly, and we'll just touch base on this. Because I want I want you to see, and a lot of times... Look, in the 80s, I, got, I made it. Y'all know I'm here, right? I made it. I made it in the 80s. It was a difficult time. I remember going out and buying my first home. It was a mobile home. And, and y'all know what I paid interest rate? 14%. <laughs> now you'd be going, what? Are you kidding me? Don't be buying that thing. I've taught you so much that 14% now alarms you when it's an interest rate if you're paying it. Now, if you're receiving it, it's not too bad. 14%. Man, it was 18% on some interest and some loans. I mean, it just, just got high. My mom got a hold of a CD, and it was paying 15%. And after the markets and everything went back down and stabilized, they were only giving 5 or 6 or 8%. That bank called her up every month saying, You sure you don't want to cash this in? You sure you don't want to cash this in? Because she was getting 15% on that baby. And she was like, No, I'll leave it out, and I'll leave it out there. It had no end to it. That was the last time. They changed that. You know, them bankers are smart. They change that stuff. So it all works out in their favor. Come on, are you with me? But how many of you know, if you got the favor of God, that's what you need. Amen. Say, I got favor. You got favor. I mean, you got the favor of God. That's what you need. Luke chapter
1: 12. Let's read 22 through 32. And he said to his disciples, for this reason, I say to you, do not be anxious for your life. As to what you shall eat nor for your body as to what you shall put on for life is more than food and the body than clothing consider the ravens for they neither sow nor reap and they have no storeroom nor barn and yet God feeds them how much more valuable you are than the birds and which of you by being anxious can add a single cubit to his life span if then you cannot do even a very little thing why are you anxious about other matters Consider the lily, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. But I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory did not clothe himself like one of these. But if God so arrays the grass in the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you, O men of little faith? Do not seek what you shall eat and what you shall drink, and do not keep worrying. For all these things the nations of the world eagerly seek... But your father knows that you need these things, but seek for his kingdom. And these things shall be added to you. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. He says, do not seek what you can eat and what you drink.
0: Don't keep worrying. Don't keep worrying about those things. You can be concerned. We have to have wisdom. We have to have revelation. But but I said, you know what? In eight years, there's going to be a different president. Could be a different president in four years. I don't know. Are you with me? And, and some people are so concerned about who's going to be president. Who's president? Who going to be president, man? Who's going to be president? Oh, man, you know, what about president? I mean, you know, it could be Clinton, and she's a lady, and we can't have a lady and to be a president. I was like, no matter to me. I want a president that will stand up on biblical values. That's what I'm after. But if it's a man or a woman, if he's black, if he's white, if he's Latino, it doesn't matter to me. Come on, somebody. They'll stand up on the word of God, and these are our values. So I want you to know that there is good news. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's good news. I'm going to tell you some good news that maybe the, the news didn't tell you about. I got this, I got this email, and it said, there is some good news for those who support traditional marriage. Shelley touched on this. This is what's happened. This is where we're at. We are coming back to Judeo-Christian values so much that we have to legislate it. Trust me. When they put together the Constitution of the United States, our forefathers never thought they would have to define marriage. See, marriage wasn't defined in our Constitution because God had already defined marriage, and it was this Constitution. Come on, somebody. So check this out. It says, in the states of Arizona, Florida, and California, voters said no to homosexual marriage. In fact, the Sunshine State, 60% of the vote was needed to keep marriage only between one man and one woman. It says, we won in Arizona, too. This is significant because of a couple years ago, the marriage amendment was defeated when pro-homosexual marriage advocates played the fear card with senior citizens. Finally... California, they got liberal judges that are trying to, instead of just hold up the law, they're rewriting the law and legislating the law themselves, and that's not their job. That's not their job. There's legislators. We send people to Senate and to the House in order to legislate those things, and then the judges are supposed to enforce those laws that we put in place. Come on, somebody. It says, it says in California, when they, when they uh, had same sex marriage, the Supreme Court, uh, it was an eight, excuse me, in California, our largest and most liberal state, the citizens voted 52 to 48 to overturn the state Supreme Court's decision to allow same sex marriage. This is big news. Come on, somebody. Radical homosexual groups, Hollywood celebrities, and liberal media came together, tried to defeat Proposition 8, yet pro-family, pro-marriage citizens of California grouped together and won a huge victory and, I might add, put the arrogant California Supreme Court in its place. Let's give the Lord some praise for that. God said it's very clear to be fruitful and multiply. And there are so many different scriptures in the word of God that that it is goes against everything that God is to have homosexual marriage. God did not ordain it. He didn't he didn't set it forth. He didn't bring it forth. He did not make those people that way. It's a choice of a lifestyle. Some people that are black, they can't choose to be black. Come on somebody. I didn't have a choice of whether I was gonna be white or Hispanic or green or pink or anything else that I am. I didn't I didn't have that choice. I didn't choose where I was gonna be born. You know, when we went to, when I went to Africa, it was like these people that they, they didn't choose to be born here. Check this out. So despite some discouraging news on the national front, thirty states, say thirty 30 states have adopted state constitutional amendment preserving traditional marriage since the legislation of same-sex marriage in Massachusetts. I think that's good news. Let's give the Lord some praise. Amen. That is good news. The state of Oklahoma... Past that overwhelmingly. I think we were at 62 or 68 percent. It was pretty, pretty overwhelming that when that we brought, they brought it up. Remember a few years ago when we had to vote on this issue and it was overwhelmingly defined between a man and a woman. Now, what about the state of Oklahoma? Things have shifted. Things have changed. There is good news because of the state of Oklahoma. Do you realize now I'm not going to talk about any particular party. I'm going to talk about conservatives and liberals. Can I do that? Because there are some people that are conservatives and liberals in both parties. right? So it's not I should say both parties. I don't want to leave out the independent party. So those of you that are independent voters, please don't write me. OK, so there are liberal and conservative people in all of the parties. Are you with me? Is that better? So I want to deal with those. Because I'm a conservative. I'm proud to be a conservative. I, I stand on moral values of the word of God. Anything that goes against it contradicts the word of God, I'm not standing for. I'm not going to do it. All right? So Oklahoma itself, last year, there was there, we have made really great strides in abortion. Um, there will be no more legal-funded, state state-funded abortions in the state of Oklahoma. Come on. Hallelujah. See, we've already defined marriage where it's supposed to be. Okay? So we're beginning to see some things change. Now, in the Senate itself, this is the first year in the history of the United States that the Senate, I'm going to use the Senate and the House, have shifted to a conservative position. First time in statehood, 100 years. Come on, somebody. That ought to make you feel good. So you could have a liberal governor or a liberal lieutenant governor, but it's got to come through the Senate and the House. Come on, somebody. So you could, you know, and if the Senate and the House are divided, and we know about a House divided against itself cannot stand, there is going to be unity first most in our state's legislature this coming session. And that's good news. Turn to your neighbors and that's good news. I mean, you've got to tell, you've got to let people know. So wait a minute. Don't don't be the doom and gloom. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. Chicken little run around. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. You're going to get through it. Oh, no, you didn't hear me tonight. I said you're going to get through it. Amen? Yeah, I believe I believe you are the righteousness of the Lord. And you're going to make it. And you know what? God needs you to tell others that they're going to make it. Don't jump in the boat and the bandwagon and everybody get in. Row, row, row your boat. How we're going down the stream over the cliff. come on, get in the boat, row, row, row your boat, merrily down the stream, merrily, 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 life is but a dream. You know, you can jump in the boat, row, row, row your boat, it's so difficult time. I don't know, I'm going to survive, I don't know, I'm going to survive. You know, I mean, we're not going there. If you're going to be coming in here and you're going to be hearing me preach, I'm not going there. Come on, somebody, because the Bible tells me that the government is on his shoulders. And to, there will be no end to the increase of his government. It's in Isaiah chapter uh, 9, verses 6 and 7. Look it up for yourself. See, there's, there will be no end to the increase of his government. Come on, somebody. Anytime the church has been persecuted throughout history, it grew. All I know is if President elect Obama, begins to start coming against and start passing laws that's going to affect the kingdom of God and the church in a negative light, look out, devil, because the church is going to grow. Oh, come on, you hear me. The church is gonna grow. It is going to advance. Every time the church went through persecution, every time things got difficult, it like it grew. All of a sudden it grew. I mean, you look at it in China. It's the underground church. What is it doing? It's growing, it's growing, it's growing, it's growing. It's growing. Don't come up from underground. They're not really underground in caves and all that stuff. There's you know, I don't want you to think that, but they're 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 meeting secretly. The government knows they're there, and some of them they're trying to get legal just so they can come come underneath the government and the underground churches are going uh uh-uh. uh we're not siding with your government because the government is upon his shoulders amen so they're underground churches, and, and they're saying, you know what? Every time they persecute us, every time they kill one, every time a saint is martyred, you better watch out, because God gets a taste of that. He gets a little whiff in his nostril, and he says, uh-oh, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen, and the church begins to advance. I said, the church begins to advance. I said, the church begins to advance. I said, hey, the church begins to advance. So it's a church of God that's going to advance. It's it's going to advance. We're going to we're going to advance. So get ready. See, we got to be good stewards of what we got. I want to share this with you, and I'm done. I've closed two or three times already, so this is the last closing. In 1994, 19, I'm sorry, 2004, we gave you a mandate, and it was to get out of debt. Some of you may not were here. I'm giving you that mandate now. Get out of debt. Start putting some cash back. As this market fluctuates and moves up and down, all of a sudden now we, we listen to Cindy Jacobs today and, and a prophetic word that she was given forth and they're going to be starting to come out and you're going to say, whoa, the prophets are really after getting out of debt. Prophets are after getting out of debt. The prophets are after getting out of debt. Prophets want you. They want they're, they're prophesying. You better get out of debt. Get out of debt. Get out of debt. Get some liquid cash. Get some things. Get yourself in a position. To where you can be victorious, he says. If you're faithful with a little, I'll make your ruler over much. Two thousand and four, we put a war against debt, a seven-year war. We're not done yet, so get ready because we're going to come back after that. We're going to continue to attack the lack. Are you with me? We're going to we're going to teach you strategies. We're going to teach you ways in order to be able to 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 be economically good stewards of the things that are coming through your hands. And he says, if you're faithful with little, you can be ruler over much. Are you with me? So wherever you are, begin to start putting a plan together. I'm going to say it this way. Plan your work and work your plan. Plan your debt deliverance, then work it. You can make adjustments as you go because things may flow in, things may flow out. There may be some unforeseen things that take place. But I'm telling you, be one in position to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. What is it? Is it Matthew chapter 7? Look at Matthew 7, Eli, if you can put me up, 724, I think it is. This was after chapter six, and Jesus was continuing on with the with his dissertation on the, the Mount of Olives. And verse twenty four it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them You hear the words of Jesus and you act on it. It's not just for you to hear, not to do anything with. So you've got a choice tonight. You can begin to start putting a plan together to get out of debt and act on it. And what's it say? It says, "If therefore, if everyone hears the words of mine and acts on them, they may be compared to the man who built his house upon the rock. I want you to hear the word of the Lord in this upcoming season. Whether that season is a year, two years, four years. But I want you to hear the word of the Lord and do something with it. And he says, if you will do that, you will be compared to a man that has his house on the rock. I want to be compared to the man that has a house on the rock. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing that when storms blow, that Jesus turns to the Father and says, Look at Desiree. And God says, yeah. And Jesus says, do you remember when I gave that sermon on the Mount, Dad? And I told them about the man with the house on the rock. And he says, yeah, that looks like Desiree, don't it? Storms are blowing, but she's still standing. She's heard the word and she's acting on it. And the word in this season is to get out of debt. There's, we, we shredded some bills Sunday. Once a month, the very beginning of the month, we will, we will visit the shrednator and you come and you shred your bills after you pay them off and you make a copy of it and shred it. I want you to bring the original. And then they, they say, well, could you show me that bill? Oh no, I shredded it at church. We want to get out of debt. Remember we've been talking about get out of debt. Our needs are met. I got plenty more to put in store. We're 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 going we're not going to give up on this deal on debt. We're not giving up on this deal on debt. I don't I, Jimmy. I want to get an update on it. But Sunday, Sunday, we shredded bills. we all together. There was there was over a million two hundred thousand dollars shred Sunday. People are getting out of debt. And I want you to start, credit cards, finance companies, personal loans like that, start with that. Start knocking those things out. Go there, tell them, don't call me no more, take me off your mailing list, because it, it never fails that you'll get something in the mail. Credit card, zero percent interest, and it'll be a time you're looking at your bills and you're thinking, How am I gonna make it? And all of a sudden you'll go to the mailbox and there'll be a credit card deal with a low interest rate, and you go, Praise God, it's not God. Praise God, I was just praying and just trying to figure it out again, I was just dead now. The finance company just sent me something, they're willing to give me two hundred and fifty more dollars. Woohoo! That's exactly what I needed. 250 at 40% interest. Say, I'm out of debt, my needs are met, and I've got plenty more to put in store. I want you to be compared to a man that built his house upon the rock. I need, God needs you. You. Each and every one of you here tonight, you're here for a reason. God needs you. That when the naysayers come and say, what are you going to do, brother? What are we going to do? Oh, man, you know, it's just difficult, man. Things are bad. I need you to say, hey, you know what? We got through it before. We'll get through it again. Hey, you know what? I was around, and some of you might even be able to say you was around in the thirties. But you know what? You should say, "Hey, I was around in the thirties when it was when it seemed like a whole lot worse than it was now." And and people made do with what they, you know, just about anything, didn't they? They made it. They made it. They hung in there and they made it. And you're going to make it. You no, no. You hear me? You're going to make it we're going to get through it. It may get difficult at times, but no, no, we're going to be wise and we're going to have revelation. And God's given words of wisdom and words of knowledge. And that words of knowledge that coming forth is saying, I'm going to get out of debt. I'm going to work my finances. I'm going to get to a position. Some people may have to do some different things. You know, that extra car you got, you might just need to sell that thing and put it on some debt. You don't need four cars with only two drivers. Come on, somebody, if you've got extra debt. Now, if you've got four cars and two drivers and no debt, go ahead. Give it to somebody else and let it be a seed amen and and let them let let god just begin to move in you make an impact on your life but the word of knowledge the word of wisdom is coming forth It's getting out of debt getting out of debt and people are gonna go wow and you're gonna say we've been working on that since 2004 we're getting closer we're getting closer all right stand to your feet tonight i want you to know